0: Okay, are we? Great. Well, good morning again. Good morning in the balcony. Good morning in the balcony. Good to see you all. Nice to see you. Good morning downstairs. I think we're all asleep this morning. Uh, Did we all go to bed too late last night? Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Are you, are you glad to be here? Yeah, I'm glad you're here. The sun's shining out there. It's nice, isn't it? The sun's shining. That's a good day. It's great to see you, and it's my privilege now to just speak to you, continuing in our Jonah series. So if you've got a Bible, if you could turn to Jonah chapter 1. There are some Bibles on the side, but it will come up behind me. And um, the, the title of this series is I Am Jonah. Say, I am Jonah. Yeah. The point is, Jonah is presented as this, he is a prophet, but he's representative of God's people who have a bad attitude to the nations and think badly of them, when really God wants the the God's people to go and help them to come to know God. And so this... This whole, uh, this book is teaching us to have God's heart for people who don't know him. Not just our neighbours, the people in our nation, but also the people in other nations as well who don't know Jesus, who need to come to know him and he wants to use every one of us in the communities we're in, but also some of us, he wants to take to other nations, and we live in an age where we can go to the nations on our doorstep, can't we? And we can go to the nations virtually as well. There's so much modern technology now that's been invented that is going to be used for the gospel. So perhaps God will give you skills to take the gospel to other nations in different ways other than just going there. So I am Jonah, learning to run towards God's mission. And today's message is entitled, The Lord Sent the Storm. The Lord Sent the Storm. Today we're going to see that Jonah ran away from God's call to go to a place called Nineveh, a wicked city, as we saw last week. A wicked city uh, historically the Assyrians of which Nineveh was the capital were the enemies of Israel and now this prophet was being sent there to a dangerous place and people that were different and people that historically they didn't get on but he was being sent to go and help them to come to know God but as we saw last week He ran away, which can be true for all of us. We can run away from God's mission. We can run away from God's call on our lives. We can run away from knowing him. But particularly, we can run away from the call to be those who share the good news of Jesus Christ. When we should be active and passionate and unashamed of sharing the gospel in every situation that God has put us into but we're all tempted to be like Jonah and run away from that and hide our light under a bowl rather than putting it on a stand so everyone can see the light of Jesus in our lives. Yes, it will lead to some persecution, yes, some people will hate us for it but we're called to it so that we can halt the decline of morality in our nation, but also help people to come to know Jesus Christ. Jonah ran away. He went, as we're going to see, to the bottom of a ship and fell asleep. God sent the storm to wake him up, to bring him to his senses. Now, I know that I am like Jonah. Like, as I prepare this stuff, I come face to face with God's call on me to be brave and to be unashamed of Jesus Christ, to be compassionate, to be open about the fact I love Jesus and I want them to know Jesus. But I know I'm like Jonah and I can feel my own heart, a reticence, a a lack of compassion, uh, a laziness, a selfishness that's in me. A comfort. I wanna be like Jonah, right? I wanna sleep. Do you wanna sleep? Just wanna to go to sleep. A nice duvet, lay in a nice bed, disappear, all the worries of the world, put away. Just hide away from all the tensions and difficulties. Hide away from all the potential dangers and stuff, and just hide away, live my nice happy life. I I can feel that. I can feel that in myself, and we all can, if we're honest, feel that in ourselves. If we are, if we are normal, you know, if we're just healthy human beings, we will feel a reticence about sharing our faith. We all do. We can all become like Jonah. That's why it's in. That's why it's in the Bible, because we are him. God wants to use this example of Jonah to wake us up to his mission. To wake us up to compassion for those who don't know God. Compassion, love, love for people. So let's read from Jonah chapter one, verses four to sixteen. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid. Each cried out to his own God. They threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down, fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up. Call on your God. Notice there, through this n- unbeliever, this Christian in inverted commas, and I know it's before Christ, but we call him a Christian. This Christian was being rebuked. God was speaking through this unbeliever to wake him up and pray. He wasn't, he wasn't prayerful. He was asleep spiritually. How can you sleep? Get up, call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell to Jonah. So they asked him, tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them. They asked What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up. Throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land. But they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah, threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they ordered a sacrifice to the Lord and made, and offered, sorry, a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. There's way too much in there, isn't there? There's a lot in there. It's very rich. So please do use the blogs this week. Again, Monday to Friday, go to the website, look at the blogs. I can cover some thoughts. I I recommended that book, The Prodigal Prophet, to you by Tim Keller. That's another good book that will give you more insights than I can. So please do use the blogs this week. Try to do so every day so we can get into this book together and learn to become compassionate as God wants us to be. The main idea today is this. God sends a storm. To wake up those who are spiritually asleep. Say that again. God sends a storm to wake up those who are spiritually asleep. It's important to see, first of all, that Jonah ran away. We can run away and become spiritually asleep, we can run away. It's, it's, isn't it odd? Jonah says, You're the God who made the sea. You're the God who made the land. You're the you're God, God of creation. We heard it from Jem this morning how through Christ God made the world. He made the sun, the moon, the stars. He keeps all things in, in, he keeps all things existing by his will and word and power. Yet he allows humanity the choice to come to him or not to come to him. There are other ideas behind which I could talk about, but let's just take. We can choose today whether or not to come closer to Jesus or to pull away from him. You can choose to be prayerful or you can choose to be passive. We can choose to be distracted or we can choose to be focused. We can choose to move towards God or move away from him. This is a great mystery, but God Almighty wants you to love him. By choosing to love him and not just by his great sovereignty to just lever lever you into uh, serving and knowing him. Because that wouldn't be authentic, would it? Would it? So will we choose to be prayerful and active and loving to God? That's a choice that we can make. We can choose to be spiritually asleep if we want to be. Lack of Now, why does Jonah do this? Ultimately, at bedrock, it's lack of faith. Or lack of faith leads to rebellion and spiritual le- lethargy. What do I mean by that? It means the way you see God and believe God to be will result in the way I live. If I believe God is good... I will want to obey him. If I believe he's evil, I won't want to obey him. If I believe his will is good, pleasing and perfect, I will want to do his will. If I read his word and say, okay, it's challenging, it's out of step with my culture, which one am I gonna choose? Oh, well, the culture's obviously more wise and and better and more kind and more fruitful and generally better and good, better than God. So I'm gonna go with the culture. Because that brings peace and joy, doesn't it? And, and, and peaceful relationships. And, no, it doesn't, does it? Knowing God is good, pleasing, and perfect. He is good. So it's our faith. We run away from God and go to sleep if we don't trust him. If we don't trust him. If we don't know he loves us. If we don't trust his love. Now life gets on top of us. You know, can you imagine being Jonah, right, being sent to a difficult place, to a difficult people who might kill you? And, you know, your life has its difficulties. You, you work with some difficult people. I work with some really difficult people. For those who are visitors, I work for the church. They're not difficult, but... You work with some difficult people. You've got some difficult people in your life. You've got difficult circumstances that you're going through, right? You've got some really difficult, rough patches many of you are going through. If we don't trust God, if our faith isn't in his goodness, we'll just go to sleep, run away, hide. But when we trust him, it changes our perspective on everything. Lack of faith leads to rebellion, spiritual lethargy. Tim Keller in his book, The Prodigal Prophet, said this. Jonah concluded that because he could not see any good reason for God's commands to go to Nineveh, there couldn't be any. And justice of God. We have to decide. Does God know what's best or do we? And the default mode for the unaided human heart is to always decide that we do know best. We doubt that God is good or that he is committed to our happiness. And therefore, if we can't see any good reason for something God says or does, we assume there aren't any. There are many things about God's will that, that can seem like, well, Why? What, 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 why is your perspective on that? Well, we have to just put our trust in God. And we will see the wisdom in it as we live it. So the big idea, as I've said, God sends a storm to wake up those who are spiritually asleep. First, I want to just mention to, to, to you if you're not a Christian this morning. Or you're not sure if you're a Christian this morning. God often permits or sends difficulties. Now there are two there are two aspects to God's will. Now we know he's sovereign over everything, okay? So if if you can imagine a circle, a big circle, that is God's sovereignty. In other words, his rule. He rules and everything is within that circle. Everything. The the however far space goes. However far the universe goes, which we don't know, however far time goes back and forward, and not only that realm, but the spiritual realm as well, which again, we don't know how, how big is the spirit realm. Which, and these two things overlap, don't they? God is over all of that. Everything. And there, within that, God's will has two aspects to it. There are things which are his decrees, like this will happen, this will happen, you will do this, this will happen. And there are what's called God's permissive will, where he allows things to happen. He allows people to behave in certain ways. But all of it is under God's will why am I saying that? Why am I saying any of that? God permits difficulties in our lives. And sometimes God sends the storm. We're not quite sure which one sometimes. But God allows or permits difficulties. And for non-believers, these storms can be the very thing that bring you and humble you to come to Jesus. Certainly true for me. I, I, I grew up as a non-Christian. Didn't believe in Jesus. Would have called myself an atheist. Just because I, that was the culture I grew up in. Didn't believe in God. I was not... Like, I, I would discuss religion with people. i I discuss things with people, beliefs and so on. But it took... When I was fifth so I grew up with just my dad. When I was 15, he died. Through that, I went to live with a half brother who was a Christian. So he was kind to me, right? As a 15 year old, he'd just got married. He'd been married for one year, and he allowed me, the little oik, to go and live with him, right? And I was a pain in the backside, and I went to live with him, and he was he wasn't an, like at all pressuring on me, but it was through all that, and I ended up going to a church and becoming a Christian. What I'm saying is that it was through the storms, through the trouble, through the loss, through the grief, feeling lost, feeling absolutely lost, that I came to Jesus. And I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change anything. I'm grateful for what God and the storms he has sent on my life. Now you may not be able to be grateful for the storms in your life right now. But we know God is working all things together for good if you're a Christian this morning. You can know that. And if you're a non-believer this morning, I want to say to you, will you allow the pain and the storm and the grief and the difficulty to bring you to God, to know his comfort and love in your life? So that's to non-believers. But this is really a message to Christians. Jonah is a Christian, really. He's a believer, isn't he? This is, this is a believer who knows God, who chooses to run away from him, who chooses to go into the bottom of the ship and fall asleep. This is, this is a Christian who does this. And so this is particularly for us. We can run away from God and fall asleep we can run away from God's mission, as I've said, run away from the, the commissioning that he's given us to go and make disciples of all nations. We can be so caught up with our lives and our comforts and pains, we can be so caught up with things that the mission of God has become such a small element to our lives when it should be the main thing. And I'm convicted of this, and I'm sure you are as well. I can't. I'm sure all of us feel yes. I am not living for God's glory as He deserves. The church, you know, the church in this nation is not living for God's glory as He deserves. That the church in the nation needs to hear this message to wake up and start serving Jesus and sharing the gospel. Because this nation is in darkness and needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. We can run away and fall asleep, lack compassion, be devoted to our comforts. God wants to use you, me, this church, the church, to bring people to know him. And we need to wake up to this. We need the Holy Spirit to wake us up to this. We can run after our own agenda like Jonah and lose and forget God's agenda, which is mission to save the lost. There are lots of good things that the church can do. But if she's not known for the gospel of Jesus Christ, she's lost her way. If the church is not known for the cross of Christ, that Jesus died for sin and rose again so that anyone who puts their faith in him can be saved, if the church is not known for that, she's lost her way. Yes, we're to do good works. Yes, we're to do good deeds. Of course we are. Because the compassion of God is in us. But the message of the gospel should be ringing out from us. And may that come to be the case in this church. Our alpha course should be overflowing with people. And it's not. And I'm not criticizing you. It's just the truth of the fact that I am Jonah, and so are you. And we've got to wake up and be prayerful and start sharing out the gospel, start, as we're going to see in a minute, serving, investing, and inviting into our communities so that our, our Alpha courses are filled with people. Would you like to see that? I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Would you like to see that? Yes. I mean, come on, this is the good news of Jesus Christ. Without it, people are lost eternally. Our, Our alpha courses should be overflowing with people, with your friends, your neighbors, mine as well. None of us are exempt. We've all got to wake up and use the resources and the relationships, the gifts we've got to help bring people to Jesus. I was reminded as I was preparing of Keith Green's wonderful challenging song, Asleep in the Light. And these listen to these lyrics. I'm not going to sing it. I'm not going to sing it. Do you see? Do you see all the people sinking down? Don't you care? Don't you care? Are you going to let them drown? How can you be so numb not to care if they come? You close your eyes and pretend the job's done. Open up. Open up. Give yourself away. You see the need. You hear the cries. So how can you delay? God is calling and you're the one. But like Jonah, you run. He's told you to speak, but you keep holding it in. Oh, can't you see it's such sin? The world is sleeping in the dark, but the church can't fight because she's asleep in the light. These words of Keith Green are prophetic, aren't they? Reminds us of our narrative today. We hear a similar rebuke from the captain of this ship. How can you sleep? Get up. Call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. God sends the storm to wake us up. Can I also point out the storm that you are feeling as culture becomes more hostile to Christian truth, biblical values, biblical standards where good is called bad and bad is called good and you feel threatened, that is a storm that's permitted by God to wake you up and me up and to count the cost of saying, will I follow Jesus? Or will I go to sleep and hide away? God sends the storm to wake us up. I'm now going to interview Jason Byrne, about serve, invest, and invite, and how we can respond to God's call to go and take the good news of Jesus to others in, this, in our community. So let's welcome Jason. So serve, invest, and invite is a very simple strategy of God using us to serve, our communities that he's put us into, to invest in the relationships and to then invite them to the Alpha Course, to invite them to church, and to invite them ultimately to come to know Jesus Christ. But it's often through building those bridges that we're going to reach those people in our lives. And I'm now going to talk to Jason. What are the different communities that God has put you into, Jason?
1: Um, morning, so uh, for me then there's obvious, obvious ones like uh, friends and family. Um, I think probably the biggest context that I spend time in, in, and invest in outside those is at work. Um, I work with a, a consultancy firm that's based up in town in the city and I work with different clients um, around the place and I've uh, been at that company a long time. Unusually, I've been at that company nearly eighteen years, uh, and it's grown from from nothing to about three hundred and fifty people. You know that kind of size. So I'd say that's probably the main the main context or the main community um, outside
0: the church. Wonderful. Do you have any examples of how you serve in order to demonstrate God's love? Yes, yeah, so I'm
1: I'm um, relatively senior in the in the business now. Um, and I've had opportunity to really shape that business as, it, as it's grown. Um, and so I've had opportunity to shape things like the policies of how people are treated, um, in terms of how we set ourselves up to look after our people, how we conduct ourselves, what our values are, how we hold ourselves to account for those things. And so I think it's quite a broad view there in terms of, what, what does God's kingdom look like in, in serving people and bringing God's kingdom to people in a way that blesses them, uh, in a way that has a kind of Christian witness. And of course there are individual things that I would hope I do and, and like to do and give people time and one-to-one you know, kind of investment in them and support them. Um, and I've had the opportunity to walk with people uh, through some very difficult things. And because I've overseen all of our people functions, for example, then it means I've connected with people and talk with them as they've been talking about not just work things and is this hard and what about that promotion, but about divorce, about um, death and, you know, and grieving in their families, about um, you know, adultery, about all sorts of different things. Um, I've walked with people um, in individual relationships, I guess. Um, and uh, over time then, that, that there's lots of doing life together, I guess, that comes with that kind of territory. Oh. So there's, there's a, a much broader sweep than you might, I guess, first expect than, than thinking about the workplace.
0: Yeah. What are the challenges you have in investing in relationships that God has given to you?
1: I think um, I have to be careful with our clients because they pay us a lot of money uh, to uh, you know, help them uh, with their work. I won't bore you with the detail. Um, but you step into their cultures and, and their expectations and outputs and so on. And so, um, you know, you're there for a particular reason and deliver a particular service. And and I, I often think that in, in witnessing or in, in sharing, of course, you can do this in how you conduct yourself and with integrity and so on. But in terms of sharing gospel, for example, directly, I think I have to be a little bit careful there. Um, also, because I'm senior in the firm, you know, there's, there's sometimes a little bit of a dynamic of. Um, know if, if I'm senior and someone is more junior I have to be careful what I'm the power imbalance in a way um, yeah. of what I'm how I conduct myself in terms of what I believe um, and so when there's a bit more parity there or or indeed this relationship that's already established you mm. know over time yeah um, then it's a little bit easier to have some of those conversations but typically I'm praying for or waiting for people to raise it so when they say what do you do on the weekend I say I'll go to church and then I'll wait to see if they Ask about it, you know, but I'm not I don't lead with those with those things. But I haven't been in the business for a while. People generally know kind of who I am and and you know, some of that part of my life at times. And I say yeah. it from the, from the front of a big session or something, you know, what you get up to. So that, that, that can be a bit of a challenge. And I think one other for me is that the people in our firm are scattered all over the place. So I think I can only think of three or four people who live in within a couple of miles of here. Um, and they aren't necessarily the people I have closest relationships with either. So in terms of inviting people to actual things, um, we do use our home a lot. So I've had people, Ruth and I, my wife and I have had um, couples to st- you know, over for meals, all the, the other partners in the firm, you know, we've had you know, one at a time and with their, with their domestic partners um, as well at times. And, in, and I've had sort of 20 or 30 people at a time to the house. So you, you really try, but it almost has to be an occasion getting them to here on a Sunday morning. We've managed once or twice mm-hmm. um, on Alpha course, but, but actually, yeah, when someone lives basically two hours away, the other side of London, and scattered all around, that is a, it is a challenge mm-hmm. um, when we, we try to connect back directly into this community.
0: Yeah. Do you have any examples of how you invest in relationships in your life? I suppose you've said it, you having people round your house, I think it's great, Jason. I mean, you're a good friend. I think that's something that speaks massively. I mean, to us in the church, he's a good friend, isn't he? But he carries that over into the workplace, and I think that's a massive bridge builder, just being a good friend with people that you've just mentioned, going through difficult times. Um, Inviting people into the church community, you've mentioned it really. is a challenge, isn't it? But you have had you know, I've, I've met some of your friends who've come here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and um, to carol services and things. I've seen, met some.
1: Yeah, someone, yeah. And, and I've, you know, I would offer to pray for them and when they're sick or family members are. Yeah. I would, um, I have looked at the Bible once or twice with some of them, or I'll have conversations with them where I say, "Look, hmm. not sure where your thinking is with this, but I was praying and there's this Bible verse that came to mind. Yeah. So I just want to.
0: You know, and you've prayed with
1: colleagues as well, haven't you? You used to have prayer groups. Yeah, so um, with some other Christians there. And also I've, I have prayed with those who are not at, when that moment has felt right, yes. when they've invited that or I've offered in the context of a relationship and, and um, they've said, yes, please. Um, and we've, we've done that as well. But I think, I think it's interesting that with all these things, I think kind of walking with the Holy Spirit and, and praying for him to, um, you know, bring opportunity, to bring blessing, to bring, yeah, blessing, God's blessing really on people with your, your presence there and how you conduct yourself. Um, I think that opens things up. And, and that prophetic, in, in my opinion, is all just available through that whole yes. through that whole week. I'm often sat there in meetings and I'm praying maybe in tongues, not out loud, that would be really weird, um, but to myself. And, you know, God, what, what do we do here? And after someone's yeah. talking and I can see that I'm... I, this is complicated and difficult and <laughs> awkward. And I'm thinking, God, well, you know, what, what do we want to say here? And I, I do think wisdom from God and sometimes kind of a way through something just comes because, mm-hmm. because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, really. Um, and so that, that's a big part of, I think, for me, witnessing in that, in that community.
0: Wonderful. Anything else you'd like to say to us, Jason? No, I think we probably... I'm stealing my own,
1: like, singing time. You are, <laughs> Because, you, you right. know, we're late, aren't
0: we? We're la- <laughs> we started late.
1: <laughs> we tease, went
0: we we're, we on too long at the beginning. We tease each other. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. I think, um, I think that theme of the Holy Spirit, I think the theme of warm friendship, I think being open to the Holy Spirit, I think sensitivity is important. Wisdom is important. We're here and just... I'm talking prayerfully, wisely, use the gifts you've got in the context you're in. And if we all do that, the net's very large. And God will give you people that he is working in, in due time. And prayer, that's a big one, which we're going to really end with. So our response today to what we've been looking at. Jonah fell asleep, God sent a storm to wake him up. God wants to wake us up. God disciplines us, it says in Hebrews chapter 12, through hardship and difficulty. He disciplines us through the difficulties of our lives to wake us up to himself. And I suppose the response is this, conviction firstly. Let's be honest about our own condition before God and our own sense of and are we alive to God and his mission or are we sleepy be honest with yourself confession of that to God confession of that maybe to a friend I need help I feel sleepy I, my zeal my love I need a fresh fire in my heart Maybe pray with a friend about that. You'll be talking about that in your community groups this week. Get get to a community group because fellowship's going to help you. Friendship's going to help you. Repentance. Say, Lord, I'm giving my life again to you. Perhaps a band could come up. We're going to worship. So conviction, confession, repentance, and it leading to prayer and mission. We're praying today from 3 till 4. The captain said, wake up, call on your God. Perhaps, 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 perhaps the storm in this nation can be calmed through the peace that comes through Jesus Christ. He can do anything. Let's be prayerful and let's serve, invest and invite. But I think the prayer thing is massive here. Prayer. Will we intercede for our friends? Will we pray for ourselves? Pray for the church to wake up and to be what she's called to be. worship now.